0: Hi, I'm Lizzie, here with my friend Andrea, and we are your hosts for Letting It Percolate. Just as the best tasting coffee takes time to percolate, some of life's most interesting and important questions take time to truly explore. So the question today is, who decides when something is, quote, toxic?
1: Ooh, (laughs) such a buzzword. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, it is a huge buzzword, Um, as most of our listeners are probably aware of just heard it in many different contexts uh, culturally we wanted to quickly start off with our associations when we hear the word toxic kind of out of context like just the word itself um so Andrea what comes what are your first thoughts like when you hear that word
1: uh so hopefully I'm not incurring too much judgment as I say this but the first thing that pops into my mind is the Britney Spears song Toxic, and specifically the Just Dance game where, where you have like a shadow of a person <laughs> and you're following their dance moves. I can almost like, I almost have that, that particular dance memorized from doing it over mm. and over again with friends, like in middle school to that song. So that's kind of immediately, for better or for worse, what comes to mind when I hear Toxic.
0: Yes. I mean, to me and my. Biased opinion, it's a great reference point for that word. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I my dad's a chemist, so this that might impact this, but when I hear that word, I just always think of chemicals like toxic chemicals. Mm,
1: like, make sure you put a label on it before you uh... Ooh,
0: hazardous waste, yes, kind of, yeah, which is you know different than what people are referring to. In a literal sense, obviously, when people use the word toxic to describe something or someone. Um, But interestingly, I think that like a corrosive, abrasive, or toxic chemical, and like the effect that that might have on a surface, (laughs) I think that that is accurate in a sense to like when people say like a toxic person, a toxic relationship. Um, hmm. In like, the
1: sense that it slowly is eating away at something yeah, versus and like destroying, like adding kind of. to something.
0: Yeah, hmm. I think so. Other common phrases people use, of course, there's the toxic masculinity um, buzzword slash phrase. Um, there's also the idea of toxic femininity complimenting that <laughs> which we'll get into in a little bit uh, with both of those what other are there any other uh buzzwords Andrea with that
1: yeah I think two others that came up for us at least were uh like a toxic relationship um mm-hmm. maybe even toxic friendship I, I feel like relationships were common but maybe mm. you could lump friendship in with that too and then toxic positivity which mm. is still a little bit confusing to me, but I think we're hopefully going to talk about that some later. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like those are probably the four I've heard most, well, toxic femininity less, as you noted. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely the other three seem like they're thrown around a lot. Um, so, as we're exploring this question, who decides when something is toxic... Um, A good starting point that we found was considering what are the conditions or events that lead to something being described as toxic. So, kind of, like, environmental influences. Mm -hmm. And not just, like, tree environment. I mean, like, um, (laughs) you know, not like, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. Does anything jump out initially, Lizzie, as a condition that can like instigate something becoming toxic
0: Mm. i think the primary claim at least if not actual condition is a perceived harm and particularly Hmm. patterns within that so um like just not like a
1: go not like a one-off occurrence right
0: because like as human, we all know, like, sometimes people are just, like, are awful, um, and, <laughs> <laughs> including myself. Like, that just sometimes happens. But I think, yeah, when people do start to notice a pattern of behavior that they would call toxic, that's, that, that's again, when that label emerges, at least from what I've seen, even, like, taking the example of a, quote, toxic relationship, um, it's the harm and we could go into like specifically what do people mean with harm in that context but the harm or harms that occur in a pattern over time and and maybe even the person perpetrating it is not either aware or willing to acknowledge um the damage they're doing and so it's that that resistance to Changing or acknowledging or being real, and like, be like, oh, yeah, I was being super awful to you. That mm. piece of it, too, I think can play into people using that term.
1: How much do you think intentionality plays into toxicity? Like, could someone be toxic without really ever being aware of it or without intentionally trying to create harm? Do you still think that that could have a toxic outcome?
0: Ooh, this is oh that's such a deep question (laughs) um yes um because sometimes the facts of a situation regardless of the someone's intention or awareness sometimes things just happen that do end up causing literal harm psychological harm um but I, I would say that my intuition, like, most of the time is that it's the intentionality that plays into the being labeled as toxic. Because if hmm. someone is just unaware or aloof or maybe doesn't have the same even, like, social values <laughs> that someone else does, that's totally – and they're just acting and – or acting out in a way that's, like, concerning, but they're not trying to be – harmful to me that's a different case because then it i don't see why that person would be like um trying to hide the fact that whatever they were doing was hurting the other person in some way
1: true at that point they would just say oh i didn't realize i was doing this yes hopefully (laughs) it was not my intention yeah yeah we would hope yeah and then i think whatever toxicity hopefully dissolves after that point Um, so kind of, like, going off of this idea of harm, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: would you, would you say that in order to label something as toxic, there has to be some personal harm or hurt experienced first? For example, if I saw, um, oh, I don't know, like, if I, if I knew that your manager was treating you Mm. repeatedly in a very unfair way um with how they evaluated your work but I'm not personally affected by this like really intense um scrutiny and maybe like I don't know verbal Mm. accusations that are negative or whatever against you do I have a right to label your supervisor as toxic Mm. or is that something that is a right that really only rests with the I don't want to use the word victim, but, like, the Mm -hmm. person who's being affected. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on
0: where that – how that plays out? I have two conflicting thoughts. (laughs) Ooh, share them both. So my answer would be yes and no. (laughs) Or the proper lawyer answer. It depends. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So, and part of this is – part of my answer that I'm about to say is going to be informed by my, like, training as a therapist. And, like, when I write notes – from sessions or from anything I have to be extremely objective and most of the time unless I'm making a recommendation I just try to describe as opposed to put my perspective on it um Hmm. so that's going to influence this but like in that scenario that you just like made up of like if I have a, a boss who's being you know verbally well let's just use the word toxic like is being like that um, to me and I describe it to you and you say oh well that person's clearly toxic to me I, I would say I would not um, do that or want someone to do that <clears throat> because you wouldn't know if my description of my boss was accurate because hmm. my description of my boss and his or her behavior is based on obviously just my perception of it Um, and it could be that I'm being extremely accurate and, or it could be that I'm for whatever reason misperceiving something and you have no way of knowing that distinction. You only know what I tell you. And so to then jump to, oh, well, clearly your boss sounds toxic. Just to me, like, I don't know. I just don't think that it's, Uh, it's harder to justify that jump, but Mm -hmm. I do think that oftentimes just relationally when you're venting or whatever, and you want someone to validate your experience, I can understand why people do that. I think it's super common. Um, I've just become aware through my training, (laughs) um, in being a therapist that people often just unknowingly misperceive things or like... There's just often a lot of miscommunication. So, um, that's part of my answer is, like, yes, you should personally see it before you label it like that. The other part of my answer is the more societal level of, like, calling a concept, like, masculinity or femininity, calling something like that toxic, um, without being, like, experiencing it. To me, that's different because it's, like, observable traits that you can see in a number of situations, including in pop culture, like on display for like broadcast kind of to see quote unquote firsthand. So I think it's okay to label label things when we don't have that personal experience in that sense. Does that make sense? I told you it was contradictory.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it does make sense. Um, I guess this is where I get a little uncomfortable like with the latter example you gave mm-hmm. how is that different from a generalization or is it and or like mm-hmm. does that perpetuate stereotypes mm. like the idea of well I've seen enough of it in like on youtube videos in news Mm. articles like from hearing about it from people around me so there must exist there must be substance to this idea of toxic femininity or whatever like (laughs) i don't know to me Mm. it seems like that would encourage stereotypes a little bit like i i think personally i'd be more inclined to use a word like that when i have as you were describing with the first situation like directly encountered mm-hmm. someone's behavior and have been on the receiving end of it um mm. yeah i i don't know Do yeah
0: you have i a response think to that or agree disagree you raise a really important point which is the negative impact of generalizations or i would say like unjust generalizations because sometimes generalizations can be true but um and then it's like, yeah, at what point I wrestle with this a lot, frankly, because just like the idea that I'm one person and I cannot hmm. in any way take in all of the information to have a fair balance of whatever the reality actually is in the world. Um, and so whatever information I am taking in, all like with almost Absolute certainty, statistically, is not going to be fair and balanced in an accurate reflection of the way the world really is. And so then it's like, on that grounds, I would never have the proper basis to make any generalization (laughs) ever. Um, But that is highly impractical, as you know, because we, we use generalizations and categories and terminology and labels and stuff like that to be more efficient in our speech and to agree that we're referring to the same thing, we're on the same page. So we don't have to constantly describe everything in minute detail all the time. Cause that would be exhausting. Uh.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it's fun. But yes yeah, also exhausting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so so there's like there's a sense in which no one should ever make a generalization because it's like we can't possibly have the information necessary to accurately do so. But then there's the practical component of like, okay, well, people are going to generalize. It is useful in some sense to have um, categories just for our brains because we can't, we have limits to our information processing capacity in our brains. Um, so that's why we create boxes and labels, even if they don't really exist. Uh, but I th- think. Tin- I think. Sorry, lo- my last thought on that is like no. Go ahead. Um, being mindful of when, like, given the fact that generalizations are just going to exist and people are going to use them no matter what, like, as an individual, being mindful of when we're using them and if the context in which we're using them does pre- somehow or might perpetuate a stereotype, versus if we're using it in a context where it's unlikely to perpetuate a stereotype. That's the only, like, hmm. piece of it that I can, like, draw out because, yeah, it's it's tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna interject and then decide to let you roll with it, but what you described at the beginning, like, the idea of knowing and feeling how limited you are as a single person, like, and then because of that, struggling to make any claim or, like, walk in on anything because inevitably there's misinformation yes that we've accepted like this is literally the crux of my life crisis oh. it's like it's so it, i want so badly to have mm. a fair and balanced view of mm. everything mm-hmm. and it's just it's not possible right um
0: and yeah so i like
1: Yeah, and sometimes it is, which is not good Mm -hmm. and not healthy, but I like where you brought it, where you ended was, okay, well, maybe a a more, um, like, practical way to proceed is to ask, okay, is this a context in which me thinking this or saying this is going to encourage this stereotype, or is it more just, like, helpful to give Mm -hmm. people a basis for what I'm saying? Right. Um... I know we're talking in a lot of generalities right now, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, um, I just wanted to highlight that I feel that struggle, and if other people feel that, too, like, um, I think what Lizzie suggested is good, that sometimes we can stop and ask, like, okay, in this specific instance, am I going to be increasing a generalization in a negative way, um, by labeling something as toxic, more or less, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um... This is a slightly different issue, but still kind of under the umbrella of conditions that lead to something becoming toxic. Do we think that what is toxic today may not be toxic tomorrow, um, that the standards can shift and, um, this, well, I'm gonna overload us, I'm sorry, but I think that connects with this question of who decides. Like, what sources uh, do we hear these from? Mm. Are they credible sources? Because, in my opinion, the sources we're getting information from are the ones controlling the standards to some extent. Mm. And so, I think it can shift what's perceived as toxic. Um,
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I might eat my words on that one. Uh, No, I mean...
0: I agree with you, but then again, we might just be egging each other on. (laughs) Um, I think it's certainly true that something that wasn't toxic in the past is now being labeled as toxic. And so, like, the inverse of what you had originally asked of, can something that's now toxic be not toxic later? Um, So even, so thinking of, like, this stereotype of the 1950s and how men and women treated each other, maybe in a, in a stereotypical nuclear household. Um, I feel like, and again, this is just one random example that came to mind, but um, it's entirely possible and probable that there are examples of domestic violence occurring in those situations in which the women did not, like, it was normalized or women didn't have the means or access to certain things to speak out about it um and whereas now i would say (laughs) domestic violence toxic is kind of an understatement to me in in that realm but Mm -hmm. um that's something that i think there's way less tolerance for and it's like rightfully so like obviously we should not be accepting that kind of behavior or treatment of someone else um And I'll just add, I used the example of, like, a man perpetrating against a woman, but it does happen in the inverse and in other types of relationships, too. (laughs) Just disclaimer. But but as far as, like, something going from being labeled toxic, like, presently to maybe 20 years from now, will, will it still be viewed as such?
1: Yeah, that one's trickier.
0: Yeah. I mean, my ideal is that when people do use the term toxic, it is relating to something harmful that transcends the cultural moment. So, like, abuse in a relationship, that is always going to be a bad thing, Um, no matter what cultural moment we're in. I I mean, I hope. (laughs) So, if we're strictly using the term toxic to describe something that transcends that, where it is just a harm against a human, and, like, Almost everyone can agree on that. Then I don't see that label shifting. However, we all know that people throw around this word toxic, in, in ways that aren't so, um, strictly defined. Sure. Um. And so I I don't know I just feel like I'll just say that <laughs> so disclaimer, but I just feel like, um. 20 years from now, there's going to be things where it was labeled toxic in 2020, 2020 2021, wow. <laughs> <laughs> February, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't know, yeah, what do you think, Andrea? Um, it, so the example
1: that's popping into my mind, I don't know if this would ever happen, but, so, like, with the toxic positivity... Idea. I think you kind of filled me in on it before, like, instead of, like, validating maybe, like, a disappointment someone has or, like, just acknowledging, like, if they say, like, that they failed at something, like, acknowledging that versus being like, oh, no, you didn't fail. Like, it was... I don't know, it was a great learning experience or, you know, just trying to add that like positive spin, Mm -hmm. um, which, which sometimes is helpful, but like always doing that to the extent that you could label it as toxic. Um, I don't know. I like, I wonder if there could be, for example, research that comes out in 10 or 15 years that says, no, actually our brains do respond better to constantly hearing, like positive affirmations versus like truth validation if that makes sense um I'm picturing this like little cheerleader with pom-poms right now (laughs) who's just always there like telling you you look amazing and you tried your best and that's what counts and Mm. stuff like that um yeah I guess Hmm. I I don't want to be too naive and think that like science doesn't work that way because it has proven to us uh many many times where things that we thought were good Mm. i don't know why this is coming to mind but bloodletting like way back in the day (laughs) Like wow. oh you can get get so rid of your This is <laughs> This is how my brain works. <laughs> like you can get rid of diseases by cutting people open and letting a lot of the blood from their body like trickle out mm-hmm. to the point that they near die <laughs> or sometimes actually oh, do no. die. It's not funny, like but... eventually and I'm thankful for this science figured out there are better approaches. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I don't know. If yeah. if it does become a thing, you heard it here first on the <laughs> Letting It Percolate podcast. Toxic positivity may actually be good for us. Oh
0: man. <laughs> <I'm> cringing inside. <laughs> um, I think that uh maintaining the posture of humility of like twenty twenty one is not the pinnacle. <laughs> like we're going to continue to develop and learn and discover things. And things that we hold as fact now will will be disproven, or viewed in a different lens. So I think that's a good attitude to have. Um, I disagree with you about uh, toxic positivity <laughs> possibly being good uh, at some point,
1: but it, it's a far fetched idea. It's a good extra, It's a good mental that. exercise, uh, like I said, in that humility,
0: <laughs> not assuming what we currently believe is the truth um where are we hearing these labels of toxic whether toxic relationship or toxic masculinity or just like someone being toxic sometimes people use it in a transient sense like oh you're being toxic when you like by saying that Hmm. um where
1: which is less of an accusation than
0: calling someone in their entirety toxic right well yes where do you hear this though? Like where where do people hear these things?
1: Uh, this is the big one for me and I'm ashamed to admit this, but I have recently become such a Redditor, like I I, <gasps> I didn't even know. know, know. That. <laughs> oh man. I, I remember a friend in college mentioning Reddit, and I was just like, I don't get this, and I, I, like, logged on one time, or, like, Googled it or something, and I just didn't even understand, and there are these weird-looking alien robot things, and everyone's names are weird, yes,
0: but, um...
1: Yes. I mostly have used it for like law school forums and talking to other anxious people um, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> about their applications, but occasionally I dabble in the relationship advice feed just because it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and I will yeah. I will see toxic thrown around all the time on there. Mm. Um, I mean, ranging from like, yeah, actual abuse, which is really sad. Um, in normally like a boyfriend girlfriend kind of relationship but um mm. two other things like <laughs> i saw this this guy posted on there the other day that he and his girlfriend just talk constantly like they're always texting or always on mm. the phone or always together and at first he like really liked it and now he's realized they literally can't function without each other and so that kind of codependent toxicity hmm. um he was basically asking redditors like how do we stop this uh-huh. um Which, yeah, like, I feel for him. If you've created that kind of relationship, that'd probably be hard to break. But for me, Reddit is hands down where I see it the most. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The internet. Where where do you, like, hear and see the labels the most?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I think, like I said, the internet. So whether Reddit or other... When I say internet, I'm referring to, like all the parts of the internet except for social media because to me that's just like it's its, its own beast <laughs> that we can tackle you and your weird qualifications I know. but well, okay to, to we'll me, go with helpful it. distinctions but to someone else they're weird so
1: it is helpful but i yeah <laughs> okay uh, just continue <laughs> internet
0: <laughs> like forums or discussions or like comment sections versus like someone posting about something on a social media platform i don't know um Which you also see there, I mean, if you go into anything relationship where there's, like, common people like us (laughs) who have the ability to give their thoughts, you're going to see that word because, I don't know. Unfortunately, there is, there are in many instances which people bring to the internet for solutions um, that are extremely concerning and maybe Mm -hmm. merit that extreme word. I feel like it's definitely more prominent with young, like, millennials, maybe Gen Z. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's tied to what I just said about, like, the internet. Although, we all know, like, people above, older than millennials, use the internet, too. So, Wait, what? Just in different ways, usually. Um.
1: Yeah, I'd probably be pretty shocked if I heard my dad <laughs> label something as toxic. But I'm trying to think about other like non media mm, outlets. Mm. Yeah, I did.
0: I think mm I'm wondering if there's anything from like counseling, like anything legitimate from any sort of counseling or like psychology today, which it whether or not that's legitimate is questionable, but um, <laughs> some of their stuff is great, but anything in that realm because i feel like sometimes terms like specific terminology does start in like whether it's that type of community or even like a science more science based like hard science based community a term will arise and then it then it comes mainstream and people Mm. people repurpose it or use it in slightly different ways and then it morphs you know i wonder if there's anything in uh counseling which i feel like i should know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh i can't think of anything like it's the term toxic is definitely not in sort of like the dsm-5 which people mm. use to diagnose with mental disorders uh i feel like i should open my pdf of the dsm-5 and like control f it really quick just to fact do check it that. do it if um, you can do
1: it quickly if
0: i can do that um i will shout you know, it out
1: While you're looking for that, this – I don't know if there's a specific term for this, but – so it's interesting, like, in the past few years, I've gotten more into – what would you call it? Kind of just, like, a more holistic eating approach, I guess, Um, that's Mm -hmm. somewhat anti-diet – and what's interesting is I will see people post who are part of this community about people in the diet and, like, fitness communities and posts that those communities are toxic um, mm. or certain aspects of them. Like, if you're familiar with Kayla It Scenes, I feel like yeah. she – a lot of her, like, ads will pop up on Facebook and Instagram – and these more, why am I think not thinking of the name, but like, like mindfulness approach to eating, communities into exercising communities will point fingers and kind of say that's toxic. Hmm. Um, to always be jumping from diet to diet, exercise fad to exercise fad, exercise fad. But interestingly, I've started to feel that there's a level of toxicity to doing that. Mm. Like I don't enjoy, and I follow some people that I've noticed have started to make their content more about what they're not like oh Mm. this is not a diet this is not a fad um instead of what they are like oh this is an approach where you can find food that's satisfying and a way to exercise that's sustainable like that's the kind of stuff that I'm on board with versus like check us out we're so cool because we're not them so this might be a an irrelevant tangent but i guess it just triggered in my mind like i do feel like there's some toxicity around diet and exercise culture and on the flip side i think just as easily people who don't ascribe to those philosophies can fall into like a toxic labeling of all Mm -hmm. of them um so i guess the bottom line is we're we're all like at risk for it um and something that maybe starts as good can morph into becoming toxic. Mm.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting, the meta level you said of, like, the overuse or people too much labeling something or something, someone else as toxic can be toxic. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, what are we even saying? Yeah, uh, Like, the word has lost its meaning. But, um, yeah, I definitely have felt, like almost, like, mentally drained reading certain things, random things online that I stumble upon where they just overuse the term. And to me, I'm like, what? I don't even know what you're referring to when you say that now, because... It's become so diluted. Yeah. Um, So I have my DSM-5 PDF, which shouldn't... That's not supposed to be a thing, but it is. (laughs) Got (laughs) in grad school. Um, And there's a lot of uh, hits for toxic, but that's because of the word intoxication. Oh. Um, so the DSM talks about, like, substance-induced fill-in-the-blank, like, almost any mental disorder can be, um, you can attribute to, like, it, like, when you're diagnosing, you want to rule out, okay, is this caused by a substance? Is this caused by a medical condition? Blah, blah, blah. So, there's a lot of hits because of that. <laughs> uh, but there's no usage from what I can tell so far. I'm about two thirds way through. Um, there's to- the word toxicology. Again, different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there's no usage of the word toxic in the way that we have been talking about it. Oh, oh no, the toxic effects <laughs> of alcohol. Okay, see, it's all about substances. False alarm. Which is a chemical. Like, well everything is a chemical technically, but, um, okay. So I've, I've seen toxic effects of alcohol, toxic effects of smoking, and toxic injury to the liver (laughs) due to, I don't even know what this is talking about at this point, um, substance-related addictive disorders. So, like I said, um, yeah, I don't, I do not predict that it will enter the D- a DSM with a technical definition because it's so vague. Like what? Hmm. I don't know. I just feel like there are ways to describe what the word toxic now refers to relationally um, with language that already exists in the DSM five. Yeah. You know. Um,
1: And it's probably more specific and less, like, loaded as well. Right. That's what I was saying about
0: being objective when you're, like, observing, like, writing notes as a therapist. Um, Mm -hmm. I will also give a quick disclaimer that the DSM-5 is not the end-all, be-all. There's a lot of controversy about its usage, especially since it's more based on the medical model, and not all counseling is based on the medical model, uh, meaning the problem lies in the individual, and let's treat it um, sometimes the problem is environmental. So I'm just giving that disclaimer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doing your due diligence. I respect it. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like we, we pretty thoroughly covered these ideas of, like, environmental effects on, that create toxicity, and then The sources, at least the two of us, are hearing it thrown Mm -hmm. around in. Mm -hmm. Let's hone in a little bit on a specific form of toxicity. uh, Toxic masculinity. Mm. Yes, Probably the most prominent one out there.
0: Yep. Um, I would say so.
1: So, there's one view which says, okay, masculinity is bad. That's what we mean when we say toxic masculinity. And then there's another view that says... Some ways of expressing masculinity are bad. Um, how... I guess... I think it's you... People use both of these different definitions. Mm. So, how do we make sure that when we're talking in these ways... mm, never mind, that's not what I'm trying to ask. Um...
0: Are you asking like how do we know? How do we know what we're referring to when we say it if people have different definitions of it?
1: Yeah, but even maybe less so than that. I'm interested in like why, like how did this come about? Like what are people seeing that is allowing them to say masculinity as a whole is bad? And maybe like what's what's different in someone that allows them to take a more nuanced approach or yeah, yeah I don't, that's still not like a super defined question no
0: i know what you're getting at um <laughs> I... do you because i don't <laughs> <laughs> i think i do i'll say that um i i have experienced and observed like almost exclusively that defining toxic masculinity in the more global like masculinity is a bad thing sense is only done in error like i've only ever heard people think that other people were saying that when Hmm. they said the phrase toxic masculinity i've never heard someone define the phrase in that way and so i but it's a logical deduction if you don't have the context for how the phrase is being used um and you come across the phrase randomly, I can understand why someone might come to the conclusion that it's trying to say that masculinity is bad, um, because of how the phrase looks. Right. So I I think the key issue, in my opinion, with this with this topic is, um, like, how can we, like, well, a the first step would be, can we agree that there are some ways of expressing masculinity that are bad by bad, I mean harmful. Um, I think physical aggression. And the hard thing is, too, when when you start to get into the specifics with that, anyone can say, well, a woman can be physically aggressive. A woman can, like, have display any of the behavioral or emotional uh, traits that might be defined in the toxic masculinity um, discussion. So then it, I think that's when you have to zoom out and look at patterns Hmm. and prevalence. Um, But I think the first, in terms of, like, (laughs) building consensus on this highly, like, what's the word, what's the adjective? It's very uh, loaded and polarizing, the term, just the term itself, it's like... Poor PR choice there, whoever chose that term, because it's just so polarizing. Even if you can agree on the premise that there are actions that have been traditionally associated with masculinity, even if someone may not actually define real masculinity as those things, it's just the mere fact that they've been associated somehow in our culture traditionally with these actions that are harmful. Um even if you can't can get on board with that premise, it, it's hard to to talk about because the phrase itself is so like fiery.
1: <laughs> can you think of non physical aggression examples of toxic masculinity? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think a big one that people like to call out is like men stifling their emotions. And, like, never talking about their feelings. Um,
1: Is that... Do you think that's considered toxic because it's harmful to the people doing it themselves? Or do you think it's considered toxic because it can harm their relationships with
0: others? Or Mm. both? (laughs) Um, I think it... What you said is true in that it, it can harm both that individual man and it can also come out and end up and then harming other people. I think the question of why um like what's referring to what it's referring to with that when people use the term. Um I think that the idea, and I might not be correct in this, but what I've gathered just from hearing and kind of doing reading on this is that it's not necessarily the fact that a guy might try to not cry during a movie. It's the aggregate of a handful of traits that get expressed in a either an outwardly aggressive or a repressive way that down the line might turn into aggression or an outburst. The the aggregate of those things, in a pattern across the population, um, over time that we can observe legitimate, like, data on in terms of the harm that's done. Now, whether or not you can prove causation is a whole nother, (laughs) whole nother argument, but, um, rates of violent, aggressive, physical, sexual, whatever, violence from, from a man toward toward other men or toward women um, I mean those are things we have research on we have data on to kind of back up the, the claim but I think that when it says toxic it's referring to like the groupings uh, that occur in patterns as opposed to an individual trait although mm. I do think people do use it that way as well <laughs> sometimes
1: what about? I'm assuming you've heard the term mansplain, like mansplaining. Yeah. That is. <laughs> so, yeah, I might be completely off base here. Is that, like, could that be perceived as toxic? <laughs> like a toxic masculine trait? Oh or do you think gosh. that's just See, a weird side thing. Mm. The only reason, the reason I bring it up is because this summer, there was a guy working in uh, my department who sometimes would overhear things other guys would say to me, guests or Mm. uh, co-workers or whatever, and he would call them out for stuff they said and saying, stop mansplaining to her. (laughs) And, and I honestly... It was kind of the first time I heard that word actively used. Hmm. And I didn't take really personal offense to being maybe talked like down to or like things being simplified a little bit. Hmm. Um but it was interesting to me that another guy was like aware of and sensitive to hmm. that toward women.
0: Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Well, that's where we're going to pause for today. Thanks so much for tuning in to Letting It Percolate. We hope that you connected with what we talked about in today's episode and that your thoughts have been sufficiently percolated. Join us next week for the second part of who decides when something is toxic. We'll talk to you then.